What is going on? It's the Diedrich Taylor Coaches Show, hosted by yours truly, Brandon Marcus, joined by the head coach of Cal State Fullerton, Diedrich Taylor. I would say fresh off two games, but here we are again, not fresh off two games, another time where you guys are in quarantine. God, it's got to be old by now, huh? Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, uh, it's emotionless. There's absolutely no emotion attached to this decision. There's no... You know, sure, we're frustrated. Sure, I'm disappointed for the guys, but I am I'm literally drained of emotion with this situation. Like, I'm not attached to it. I don't even really know what's going to happen moving forward. Got the phone call on Thursday, and the trainer was like, you know, I don't know how to say this. And as soon as he said that, I knew exactly what he what it was, you know. And, and so um, when he did say that, you know, I didn't find myself usually that, that I – in a space that I usually am in terms of getting mad or, or throwing something or saying, saying a couple of words that my mom would not appreciate, but um, you know, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's, it's really tough. And, and we're, we're, we're in a situation or in an area that the County, um, you know, they have ultimate jurisdiction in how they view these, these positive tests, you know, I think is different. Um, maybe than some of the other places that are that are around the world. But um, when you put it all in perspective, you know, as, as we were talking, this this thing that we cherish and call life, it just puts a different appreciation for um, what we're doing, you know, and what we're going through. Yeah, what a balancing act, man. I mean, you have basketball that you're obviously focused on the most. But like we've talked about several times on this show, you're a person too and it's going to take a mental toll on you and you've had it hit home recently um I mean, we, we now have gotten to the point it seems like everybody has where you know somebody that has been affected whether it's somebody that's gotten sick somebody that's gotten it um somebody's passed away and it's i mean it's hitting home when you have that many cases it's, it's, yeah. it's bound to happen no, um, no doubt i mean yeah. you you it does hit home, you know, obviously, as you know, we lost a lost another head coach this weekend and, and a guy that that interviewed uh, for this position when I was named the head coach and, and a friend of mine and a friend of ours. And, and you hate to lose someone, period. But, you know, under the circumstances of the COVID, I mean, he coached the night before and then he never woke up the next morning. Um, and they're saying that it's due to COVID and obviously he has some other underlying issues, health issues, but, you know, it just puts you in a somber space um, to, to really, really, uh, when you look around and, and like I said before, you, you see nothing but darkness, you know, and death. Um, it definitely does something to you from an emotional space. It, it causes you to, to freeze and it's done that, you know, and, and it's weird. It's really, really weird, and it's a weird space to be in, and and not, you know, for me personally, and 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 I'm going through it, but I'm I'm worried about not worried. I wonder about our our team, our guys, you know, and and their age, and are they of the age to where it doesn't really matter? It you know you move on. Um, I don't know, but I told our team today, you know, I appreciate the fact that they are here. I appreciate the fact that that they showed up, and I told them I don't know what's going to happen next. I just know that. We have 45 minutes to an hour to find a way to get better. And that was our practice today. And that's what we did. We found a way to get better. And really all I wanted to see them do was just sweat, just get a good sweat and work their behind off and then figure it out from there. 
What a journey it's been in the last year. I mean, you're talking now about how much of it's affecting you and how death has just been um, on your mind now and how much it hits home. And we go all the way back to the start of this where you stared something like death right in the face and it didn't phase you as much, but now that it's hitting others, it's, it seems like it's hitting, hitting home even more so than you thought it might have because it hit you personally about a year ago with what you had um, with your illness. Definitely. You know, I don't really realize the severity of, of what I went through personally. I don't realize it until I tell the story or I'm talking to somebody about what we endured during that time. You know, the fact that we were in the hospital by ourselves and the fact that we were laid up on the couch for seven days and really couldn't couldn't do anything. And we had 26 staples in our head, in my head. That doesn't really, it bothers me, but but it it doesn't come, it's not as clear. It doesn't come to full fruition like the fact that I lost a friend this weekend, mm-hmm. you know, or the fact that somebody else has been diagnosed with a, with a severe situation, you know, that bothers me. That creates or elicits some type of emotion. Whereas for me personally, I'm just like, I literally told a doctor, hey man, when can we get this over with? Like, hurry up when it ain't that you know it's not that easy yeah but but when it comes to you or or to me i think it is but when it comes to other people i think it elicits a a level of genuine care and concern for others Mm -hmm. and and you know not to be morbid but if we die if i die you know the life still goes on you know people people still do what they do um but the fact that other people are, are passing away, it leaves us here and, and it, it elicits a different type of emotion. Um, and it, it, it puts, kind of puts everything in, in perspective, but I'm not there yet. I'm in a space of, of like, dang, that could have been me or, or that could have been a family member or, you know, you, you just start questioning and asking different questions as you, as you go through life and as you get older it starts to um you know just your level of success what you think success is now as a 46 year old man versus what you thought success was when you started coaching at maybe say nevada Mm -hmm. they look different to me i don't know about to anybody else but to me they look different and those things are different obviously you know quite a few quite a bit of time has passed but within that time i think our perspective on success and what success looks like has has totally changed and elaborate in what way um i'll tell you this i was talking to a mentor friend of mine before we got on and and i was telling him you know we worked together at nevada and i said you know when i came to nevada what success was is like how many games can we win how big of a house can i get what kind of car am i driving um you know those things drove me whereas now i don't I don't care. I could care less about what kind of car, like just get me from here, my house to campus, to the Amen. office mm-hmm. you know, or, or get me from, from my house to my parents' house, or, you know, I could care less about the car. That's not, that doesn't determine success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what success to me is honestly, is just like I always say, is just, you know, being around good people, my friends, people that I trust, 
um, being on a golf course and and watching watching you know the kids if they're in the pool let them have as much fun as possible but that that is success to me whereas when I was at Nevada now I wanted a big house and we had to have this special and this this thing and it meant this and you define your own level of success and you determine your own level of success in my opinion there are some situations where it's determined for you um, by other people, but but even then, I think you have an active part, uh, an active duty in defining that for yourself, um, for people around you. And so, I think the more you can do that, and the more you understand that, and the more you you realize that, and 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 go to work kind of with that in mind, it just it just changes what you what you what you would accept, what you drive, what what drives you, what you work for. Yeah. And it also depends the starting point, you know, I mean, I mean, even for myself, it's you come out of college and success is getting a broadcasting job. No doubt. And, and you get that broadcasting job at a D2 school and you think you're on top of the damn world. And then <laughs> I'm sitting there making $40 a game Yeah, and, and you know, that ain't success, but at the same time it was success. Cause that, that's what I got. I got a job in broadcasting and then yeah. moved to the D1 level and there's only so many D1 jobs broadcasting wise but that still is not good enough it, it it just depends on what your level of success is yeah. and what you're doing at that level you know i mean for you it, it was getting into coaching and no you're able to do that and then you, you got a pack you were in the pack 10 at the time and you were cool. an assistant coach there and you got yeah. a head coaching job and yeah. it's still aiming to strive higher no and it's this time this kind of stuff um when you see somebody that passes away it's what am I doing now? I mean, is, is this what I want to be doing? Is that what success is? Is it family that's most important? It puts things into perspective. This whole entire just last year has put things into perspective and that family is the most important thing right now for me is being able to spend time with family and having a kid on the way, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, hell, like some of this other stuff's not important, (laughs) but, but in the moment it might be. No doubt. You know, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it's it's probably not. No doubt. No doubt. And I was talking to a friend this morning on the phone talking about a website deal and he's talking all this tech language, but uh, which I don't understand. I have no idea. I missed that part of the conversation, but we were talking about how we all or how we individually have been affected by COVID. And he said something that I thought was really interesting because I too believe it. I think, you know, Everybody says COVID is a pandemic and it's done these disastrous things for us. Mm-hmm. But for me, it saved my life. You know, like if it wasn't for COVID, I don't know that I would have taken the time to figure out why I got a headache all the time. I just would have a headache and who knows what happens. For him, it was, he's been blessed with two sons, twin sons. And family is, I mean, this is a very successful guy in the entertainment industry. So his life is like, like trying to catch him on the phone is like, you probably got a better chance of catching the president of the United States than this dude, you know? And, and he called me back, whoa! And so that was a big thing, but, but through our conversation, you, you know, a lot of people, are down on COVID and they say this about COVID and that about COVID and they don't appreciate it. And it's weird to say this and it sounds crazy, but 
I have a different appreciation for COVID because of what it did for me. And literally it saved my life. And that, you can't put a price on that. You can't say anything to that other than save my life. Yeah, and listen, you may not be afraid of death, but at the same time, I mean, you have two girls, you know? And so it, it's, it saved you in terms of taking care of yourself. I mean, you could have been that guy that goes, that coached a game, went to sleep and didn't wake up the next day because you didn't take care of what was going on in your head. You could have had that thing going on and just tried to continue and power through it and not taking care of it. And that would have been the reason why um, it, it, you didn't wake up the next day, you know? So it's, listen, there are so many different ways to approach this whole thing. I mean, you can absolutely be as angry as you want about not being able to go out and see friends and how it's affecting people socially and mentally, because listen, it is effed up, man. It it really is. I mean, you can, you can play both sides here in that, you are grateful for the family time and how you have progressed as a human and gotten closer with your family and the time that you may not have otherwise had with family. I mean, my brother is someone that goes to work from eight to five and his kids asleep by seven o'clock. He's at home now and he's able to spend valuable time with his son that he wasn't spending before. But at the same time, his son hasn't been able to go to school and yeah. hasn't been able to socialize. So yeah. yeah, there are good things in terms of being able to spend that time with the son, but it sure. also stunts the growth of your kid and also it just messes you up mentally and socially. So yeah. you can t- you can look at it from both sides and take the positives, but also have the negatives there as well. Definitely, definitely. Now you could, it definitely is a, a two-sided sword, so to speak. You know, there, there's two sides of the fence and you could be on both in, in this instance. Yeah, and, and even for you on the court, I mean- Last time that we went through this, where you guys were in quarantine, you were pissed off. Yeah, you weren't answering phone calls. Yeah. You weren't t- you weren't looking at your phone after text messages. Your ass called me right away, <laughs> and you, you were you were you, all you could do was just laugh. You know, it's like here we go again. No doubt. Like you know, this is happening again. You know, yeah. like here we go. It, yeah. It's it's one of those things where it, it's how you approach it, and, and now you're looking at it as you know what, it's there it's uh, these are kids they're yeah. actually adults i mean jay billis went on a little rant on espn earlier today but like let's start treating them as adults that, that sure. they need to be responsible and sure. frankly your, your guys do need to be responsible i mean they knew what they're doing coming into this no doubt and they knew that by not following all the rules that it was going to end up affecting your entire team no question and done that several times now and as pissed as you want to be which you rightly could be mm-hmm. here, it's now at the point where You've done all you can do as a coach and told them all you can do. And now it's on them to take you home. No doubt. It's a tough place to be in. It is. It is really, really tough for a lot of different reasons. But nonetheless, like you said, we're we're still here and, and, you know, we got to find a way to take advantage of what, what, what is afforded to us and make the best of it period. And you're supposed to play two games against UC Riverside. So those two games, end up getting uh, canceled and it's looking like there may not be games this weekend um, still up in the air. I mean, it, we, we can't speculate cause we really don't know, but we, we talked last week, how we were hoping to go into this uh, as your old buddy is coaching at Cal Poly. And so we're hoping to have a little preview of that. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately it seems like that might not be the case. 
uh, it's, and now you're at the point where you just want to get a certain amount of games in. So it, it's, it's difficult because yeah. you're, you want to be positive, but at the same time, it's like, dude, we are so close. It's like within, it's within grasp, you know, like it's right there. The yeah. two games, you can feel them because really that's all you need, right? Yep. That's all we need. Cause we've played 10 games and you only need 13. And so two, two regular season or conference games, and then you get to the tournament when there's your 13th game and anything over above and beyond that you've already qualified. And so some people have already done that across the country, but there's other others of us that are in need of games and to, you know, to eclipse that number, that's something that we're going to have to try to do. And I'd rather do it, um, you know, before we get to conference versus waiting on conference, the conference tournament, I should say, waiting on the conference tournament to come. And then we hope that's the 13th game. I mean, you know, that that's like any situation that's, that's, um, that's rolling the dice. Yeah. You don't want that to happen because the worst thing is you go to Vegas and next thing you know, you have a, a, t- a positive test no doubt. Uh, a day or be- two before the game. And that, that's the last thing you want. And so you'd like to have that 13th game. So ideally, I mean, let's, let's say this weekend doesn't happen. Th- then you're looking forward to UC Irvine sure. and hoping, hopefully have your guys back on the court there, play two games against UCI. And in that situation, you're hoping UCI, is able to follow the protocols that weekend as well to give you those two games. And then you and I have talked about how the following weekend, it, it's an open weekend at the moment. So that now looks like it's going to have to be probably at least one game against some sort of team on the West Coast. Yeah, no, and that's the funny thing is like, since we've been in this situation, I think I've filled it three, three or four phone calls from other head coaches who are looking for games. Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine that number being the same, if not more, you know, that time frame, not, the, you know, in two weeks, I, I would imagine there, you know, there'll still be people trying to get to that number 13. And, and as much as we can help, or as much as it, it helps us, we want to try to do the same. So let's talk about what's going on now, because you guys have a positive test in your program. And you mentioned the county rules, mm-hmm. and how that is taking over um, a little bit. And it's, interesting because you and I have talked about UC Davis before and I didn't think they're going to play and it turns out that Yolo County ended up letting them go and start playing and for those that are unaware of what happened with UC Davis Yolo County had it where the team could not have games at UC Davis they could not go travel to play games so they were shut down there was nothing that they could do they were sitting there and they were just hoping that they would be able to continue on and finally, they were allowed to start playing. And now they're in a race to try and get to that game mark to get eligible to the postseason because they only had, I think, a game or two uh, initially before yeah. they ended up getting um, shut down. Yeah. So now with you guys, how is the county stat? Like what, what's going on with the county versus what you were, I'm sure, hoping? Because this, listen, this is crazy because you can look at the whole world view. It's what the CDC is saying versus yeah. what someone else is saying you can look at California what Newsom is saying versus what Garcetti's saying it's Newsom saying open up outdoor dining and Garcetti's like yo I'm the one that determines that for my county you know so just because one person says something you got to look to someone else to validate it no doubt and in this instance we're governed obviously by the NCAA and by the Big West Conference but what supersedes those two entities is the is Orange County and so the county in this particular case, whatever they say, it, it, is, it is supreme. And it's unfortunately for us, it's reigning supreme because 
Uh, I think the NCAA recognizes 10 days of quarantine, where I think the county and, and the county and their pressure on our school where we're still at 14. And the difference is, is like there's another school, um, I think Montana it is, they only have to quarantine, they only had to quarantine, they had a positive test, they, they quarantined for seven days. They, on the seventh day, they practiced, the next day they traveled and played the following day after seven days. And so it's all of what your county um, deems uh, necessary or what they recognize seven days, 10 days or 14 in our case. And that's, you know, unfortunately the county uh, again, reigns supreme and whatever they say goes. And the, the worst part is, is that if it were 10 days, then it's a little more lenient in trying to get games yeah. in sure. at the weekend. Cause if you, let's say you test positive on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, then obviously that weekend is going to be screwed. But if you go 10 days, it gives you hope to at least get in at least one game on a Saturday, for example, no as opposed to being shut down for two full weekends. So it, it's a hard situation to be in, you know, and it, it's where's the you're looking for clarity and you're looking for X, Y and Z. And sometimes you're getting A, L and O and you, you're not getting an A, B and C, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what makes it, I think, tough is that. Um, there is no rhyme or rhythm. There is no rhyme or reason with anything that that kind of goes on that you understand in terms of layman terms. Now, obviously, if you do some research and you study this stuff, then it starts to make more sense. But as far as like you trying to explain to your group why you can't do this or why you can't do that, you know, it's crazy. It's it's uh, it, it doesn't make sense to them. And so they in turn get frustrated or they get upset and, and you know, and rightfully so. Like most people, when you give them something, and, and especially for us, we were on a five-week roll. You know, we were in a little bit of a rhythm in terms of playing games, taking days off, practicing, playing yeah. games, taking days off, practicing. And then all of a sudden, you know, the leader in me, the experience says, hey, you guys better be careful. You know, we were getting to the finish line here. We can see it. Just be careful with our lifestyle and continue to edit. And, um, and I said that to our guys on Monday. Um, and I think I said it to him again on Tuesday and, and obviously, you know, you just, you just experience tells you, you can't go that long without some type of hiccup, or maybe that's just the, the cynic in me. Yeah. And it's for those that are curious, by the way, UC Davis, um, 10 total games, I believe right now. So, uh, for them. four and six, I was curious to see how many games they had played and, uh, <laughs> Somehow they have gotten two ten because they had four games before they got shut down. Yeah, uh, so it was more than I expected, and they've been able to play against San Diego, Santa Barbara, and CSUN. So if the San Diego games don't count, then it's actually eight games. And that's another thing where you look at ESPN and it has the games as counting. Then you look at the Big West standings on their website, and it doesn't. Right. So it's kind of a, a thing that screws you guys over in a sense because if they don't count then you guys are wasting a weekend where you could be playing two games. Yeah. And if they do count, then obviously great. But if they don't count, then it's a waste. They count as division one games, but they don't count in our standings in the okay. big West conference standing. So you can kind of, you know, manipulate how you need, need those games, you know, like as of right now, if, if this weekend gets banged and maybe say Irvine gets banged, obviously we'll play those two games because they're on our schedule and they're two, they count as division one games, but they don't count towards big west standings and that's 
I think that's the dilemma that 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 we have right now is just trying to figure that situation out and how it looks and all that stuff. And then obviously, you know, you play, you travel down there the fifth and the sixth, then you come back on that night. You know, basically you're playing in Vegas, you know, maybe Tuesday, probably at the latest Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that stuff plays into to account and, you know, you, you feel like a, CEO making business decisions as opposed to just rolling the ball out there and let's just go play. Yeah, let's play basketball. Have you heard anything, by the way, about Vegas in terms of what it's going to be like with the teams in the hotel and the testing and the bubble that they're supposed to try and create? I have not heard any of the details other than then I know they where they know where we're staying or where we're supposed to stay. I think it's Mandalay Bay and and uh, whatever their sister property is. And you're playing there too, right? I think we are playing there, but but again, I don't I don't know the details um, in regards to what that looks like, what the testing looks like, and and all that stuff. I think the trainers, our trainers, tried to talk about it a little bit, and I, I don't care. Just just poke me and let us play. Mm-hmm. So, who knows what time you got to show up? Who knows what's going to be like? Because I'm fascinated because you're you're going to have a lot of different conferences, I believe, that are going to be in Vegas, and so you are mixing um different bubbles in one city but the question is can you keep them separated and it's going to be hard to figure out to get everybody to follow protocols because listen you have the big west tournament obviously Mm -hmm. but what's to say that let's say uc irvine goes and wins the big west tournament but they end up getting a positive test because of someone in vegas and next thing you know they can't play in the ncaa tournament so it's going to be really difficult for the big West to try and figure out a way to make sure everybody's following protocols in Vegas, in that hotel, playing games and keeping the players separated um, when they can be. Cause I know that even for meals, yeah, normally on the road, you are able to go to restaurants and uh, it's, it's easy. You can go and be as a team, but now you're getting meals delivered to your room um individually packaged so Mm -hmm. it's completely different yeah and and trying to balance that all seems like it's going to be an absolute cluster to figure out no it's it's a it's it's a circus and and i feel really bad for rob zooey because Mm -hmm. that's his job to figure all that stuff out Uh, and that's that's what we are and edit this podcast it's the double whammy he got a lot of he's got a lot of responsibilities he's got all my passwords and and (laughs) everything so like he he also has to figure out how to edit my life too, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a large undertaking in itself. But, you know, the other thing as you were talking that, that, that came to mind is in terms of the officiating, you know, mm-hmm. they also have to be a part of those individual bubbles. Mm-hmm. You think, you know, all the teams are, are, or all the conferences are having their conference tournament there with the exception, maybe of the big sky, I'm not sure where they are, mm-hmm. but everybody else is there in Vegas um, and so the officials will, will have to either decide that they want to be a part of the Pac-12 bubble or part of our bubble or part of the WCC bubble, the WAC bubble, the Mountain West bubble. They'll have to determine that or unless, and I, I don't know how it's going to work unless they let allow those bubbles to intermingle from an officiating standpoint. And again, that would, that would probably cause a lot of consternation um, one way or the other. Yeah, and you got to have alternates because God forbid, you know, you have an official that tests positive the day of a game or something. You got to have somebody in there that's ready to take over. I mean, I don't know if people realize this, but 
Ian Eagle, who is a broadcaster for CBS and he does NBA on TNT. Um, he was actually in the bubble in Orlando when the, the NBA was there. He was the backup broadcaster yesterday for the Super Bowl. He oh, was really? there ready just in case something were to happen wow. with Jim Nance. So he, know that. he was the backup for Nance and he was also the backup for Kevin Harlan on radio. So they had someone, he was there in Tampa yeah. just in case he was needed. And, was it, and he obviously was not needed, but yeah. they usually do have a backup, sure. but it's never really been of the importance that it was this year, obviously, because of COVID. Yeah, I didn't know that, but that's, you know, that's wise on their part. Thankfully, they didn't need it, but mm-hmm. if you do, it's better to be safe than sorry. Let's wrap it up with a Super Bowl talk then. You know, you know, we got a couple minutes. Did you watch? Did... Of course I watched. Bad game, man. Yeah, it was. It was not the game that I'd hoped for in terms of it being a good game, but it was a good game if you're a Tampa Bay fan and, and not so good if you're a Kansas City fan. And, and I think COVID, I think you have to acknowledge that that had an impact on the game as well um, because I think some of the Kansas City line was out. Um, what, I don't know. Was that COVID related or no, no, what will happen? They had Kansas city had guys throughout the season that were getting hurt. Um, yeah. They had one guy that opted out because he is a yeah. doctor. Yeah. Luverne uh, Tardif or whatever is how you pronounce his last yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, so they had him opt out. They had other guys that got hurt throughout the uh, season. And then they obviously had a couple of guys that were on the COVID list coming into yeah. like coming into Super Bowl week. But sure. I think came off on Saturday because that stupid barber incident where they had 20 guys that went to get a, a haircut and Patrick Mahomes was one of those guys, but he just hadn't gone to uh, sit in the chair when they got the results. That it was a positive yeah. test. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's interesting. But I mean, what can you say that you, you can't say enough about what Tom Brady has accomplished? I mean, he himself has more Super Bowl rings than any franchise in the NFL. Just think about that and put that in perspective and think about his age and what he's been able to do and what he does. And I think the important thing uh, one of our assistants said today is that Tom Brady, when he was with the Patriots, I think they were the winningest, one of the winningest franchises in the NFL. And he chose to go to one of those franchises that, that, you know, were probably at the bottom. Yeah. Um, And he elevated them to where they were, which is the Super Bowl, which is the pinnacle. Of, of everything that that we do and so um it's you, you can't do anything but tip your hat to tom brady and what he's done and just again his his the the the, the amount of pressure that he puts on guys even if it's not verbal his performance you know what he does and his ability to read defenses and know what the defense is doing and what's available and what because they did that you know it, it puts a, a different level i think of of preparation pressure on guys to be on point because you are playing with Tom Brady versus, you know, some of the other guys that are out there and and he demands that he commands that you have to be that. And so, um, you know, I saw on some talk show, does does him winning the seventh Super Bowl? Does it end the GOAT talk? You know, I think that they'll always be out there, but Tom Brady in a lot of, a lot of books has to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest player. And I'm not saying, just NFL, I'm saying across the board, across any professional sports environment, he's the ultimate competitor. And I probably have to say he's he's one of the ultimate winners. Um, the, the guy has seven, seven Super Bowl rings. And let's not mention that he's been there 10 times. 
that's 18% of all Super Bowls that he's been to. Yeah, that, I mean, you can't, you, you can't do anything but tip your hat to the dude and what he's been able to accomplish over his career. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting and it's fascinating to see how he prepares and the level of preparation from him and how the other guys, the effect, the impact that it has on the other guys, and I'd be anxious to see, you know, how much of that is a player-ran team versus a coach-ran team. And I would venture to say that Tom Brady makes those players buy into what's necessary to win. And that's what's important to me. Yeah, when you watch a guy like that, can you take any of that into coaching? Or do you just, or can you, do you watch it as a coach and kind of just marvel? Because that's what it seems like you're doing is you're marveling at just him as a, him as an athlete. But do you watch that? And do you take anything from when you watch a player like that? Easy, easy. I think, I think, as you've heard me say, you know, the, the level of preparation that, that, that Tom has, and that he continues to have year in and year out, um, you know, how hard it is, and, and I, I, you have to know this, but how hard it is to repeat, a lot of it is because your own self, but here you have a guy who played for an organization like winning, it was winning or nothing. And you go to an organization that they didn't win for a long period of time. Yeah, since All I think- sudden, You know, the, the, the tides change and, and, and now, and again, because of him, and because of his presence, I think other players wanted to be a part of that. Other players text him, hey, what is it like? Or can we get down there with you? You know, he brought a guy out of, out of retirement, for, for, for God's sake. I mean, like, and, and guys don't do that unless they know or have an idea that it's going to lead to the pinnacle of success. Yeah, and, and I think that's what Gronk did and that's what he knew that there's a good chance we're going to experience a, a level of success and and some of those other players that that weren't there and now you're hoping that you achieve some level of success this year with your guys' squad it's just about getting it on the court yeah and, I'll tell you what you know, it's, playing it's, games that is a success being on the floor that, that's a success just just getting to just getting getting to the court being in the game having refs run up and down that that's a level of success and and obviously we, we don't want to stop there, but definitely we want to get on the floor and we want to play, you know, which is, which is, I want to play for this group. Um, they want to play. They feel like they have something to prove and there's an opportunity. And so we want to take advantage of that. And that's, you know, that's what, what our focus is. And so we'll be back next week and we'll uh, talk about the week that was and the weekend that either was or was not and what is next. Uh, don't forget, you can always email the show, D Taylor Coaches Show at gmail.com that's d taylor coaches show at gmail.com we love having people reach out and uh contribute to the show and also if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast um being a sponsor of the podcast slash show if you're watching on youtube um hit us up there as well d taylor coaches show at gmail.com rate and review on apple podcast wherever you listen spotify um wherever and it's great. It's great. YouTube, watch it if you're watching. Um, subscribe. Awesome. Tell your friends. And uh, we appreciate it. It's, it's a blast. Continue building this and continue to find success in whatever way you can. You know, that's, that, that's I think, the moral of the podcast here is finding success in whatever way you deem no. as success. So, Diedrich, it's been fun. Um, not a great situation, obviously, for you guys to be in, but you, you've been a trooper about it. And so we'll, uh, We'll catch up again next week. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Take care.
So until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus. That's the head coach of Cal State Fullerton, Diedrich Taylor. This has been the Diedrich Taylor Coaches Show.